When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Bonds are looking to get caught side of Bond. Le Bondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, you're listening to the Elm Park Rolls podcast and we're going to be looking back at the first 10 games of this surprisingly good season uh, so far. 18 points picked up, that's five more than we had at this point last season. I'm slightly flabbergasted. I've been joined by Matt Lansley, Jacob Southcline and James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle First of all, James, going into the start of the season, how many points realistically would you have been looking at after only 10 games? Because I'll be honest, I would have been happy with 11 or 10. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just more than what we've got last season. I think it was just sort of building. Um, you know, obviously half your points you're looking to, 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 half your points is what, 15? Would have taken somewhere between 10 and 15. I think would have been a reasonable assessment. Probably would have just about kept you hovering around the sort of, bottom three, which is where we expected to spend most of the season. But, I mean, the start for me was always just however many points we pick up now, there's less points we've got to then pick up at the end of the season. So I was just, you know, build, trying to build as many as possible. But, yeah, between 10 and 15, I'd have been very happy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really surprising start. I'm sure, like, both Matt and Jacob are probably thinking along the same lines, or are you going to shock you, one of me? You go first, Jacob. <laughs> Yeah, I was just it silently sat here like in awe of James's Matt ability, you know, like Carol Baldwin in the corner adding <laughs> up our, our points tally. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, no, and, and also um, I, I just want to point out for the listeners at home that, you know, we, we're probably about like 80% of a really shit like five-side team, the four of us. You know, Paul, Matt, James and, and me. I mean, Christ, they're like, we're, I, I, honestly, I think our points tally at this uh, point in the season probably be significantly worse than Reading's today. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm fed up of all the draw draws we've been getting. I mean, it's getting silly at this point, isn't it? I mean, like what we what we had now, like ten draws now. Nah, but seriously, like we don't do them. We don't do draws. And another thing we don't seem to do, which is refreshing to say the least, is we can't seem to lose more than one game in a row. And um, I think the the word of the season today has been bounce back ability, and which I know is that Ad Williams likes a lot. Um, so yeah, it's just been a really refreshing the fact that after years of having a really sort of mentally brittle team, you know, don't get me wrong, we've still got an absolute stinker of a result in it because when we lose, we always, you know, lose by like two, three, four goals. But you know, it's just really refreshing to all of a sudden have a team that you know doesn't let it get to them and goes and makes a statement in the next game. I mean, I know that's something that Ince was saying on the weekend after our latest win was just, you know, it doesn't matter necessarily about 
the points. The points will come as long as you know you go out and you have a reaction, and and that's what we've been doing. And long may it continue. Yeah, obviously today we've seen um, in the last hour or so that Paul Ince has been linked with the job with Cardiff. We'll come on to that later. I can't see it happening. But Matt, let's go right back to the beginning of the season. Blackpool away, a 1-0 defeat, Connolly scoring after nine minutes. In those 15 minutes, it didn't look good, did it, at the start? But then as the game progressed, we actually looked like we should have really got a point out of that game. Yeah, the first it was it was about the first twenty twenty five minutes. I think it was it was it was a bit longer than just I think first fifteen. It was we had a bit of I I think most people would think we had a bit of a positive preseason as well. You know, kind of the the friendly games we had weren't that bad. There was good signs there, some shrewd signings as well. You were looking at it and you were thinking like, well, we were in a pretty awful spot. You know, first of July. But come the end of July, we were all thinking, well, it's not as bad. But then you start off the way that we started. And it was just like, oh, here we go. Here we go again. Um, but I mean, like like, like I said, to be fair to them with how, how we came back, it was, I remember actually leaving that game and thinking, to be honest, I'd actually probably be more concerned if I was happy with that performance, being a Blackpool fan, because there was there, there was good signs. There's, it's not really been often that we've seen Reading play and think that was actually a good performance. You know, yes, we lost, and you know, some people say you can never say that a, a loss is a good performance, but but kind of uh, there, there were there were hallmarks there. And again, it was first game of the season. I know we did then have a few after that that were thrashings, but we didn't collapse. Um, and when I compared it to the game when we played them back in February the skill gap it just wasn't as big as before so it was it, a loss on the first game but uh, that th- there were there were positive signs i think leaving that day yeah definitely I, I wasn't too worried after that game and then we move on to the next game against cardiff city and the prodigal son has returned shane long the main man the one that all of Berkshire loves scores a penalty we win the game 2-1 tom ince also starts his run of it's been magnificent form so far, Jacob. I mean, if there was a player of the season, he's going to win it by about, he's going to have 90% of the vote, isn't he? Surely. Yeah. By a country mile, he's been our player of the season so far. I don't think that's a controversial opinion to have. I mean, he's he's been quite literally running the show um, and setting the standard and setting the example, really, of, you know, the, the template of how Ince wants to play, you know, very high energy and, he just doesn't seem to ever run out of gas. Like he's he's a real, you know, dynamo of energy in the middle of the park. And I think, I mean, I couldn't help but laugh when he was given the number ten shirt. You know, in the absence of John Swift going, I thought to myself, well, he's not going to be able to fill Swift's boots in the same way. But he has. Um, I mean, I'm not just talking about the way he dispatched that set piece at the weekend. He's, he's the first player that isn't John Swift to have scored a free kick for Reading in years. You know, we're talking. You know, almost a decade, but it's um, the way that he, you know, if, if if it's not going Reading's way, he will be holding other players to account. And you know, the first signs of that was in that Cardiff game. And I know Long scored the penalty. I mean, there was never any doubt. And you know, that was really a hero's return. But I think the thing that really sticks out in my mind from that game was how it was almost the exact reverse of the Cardiff home game from last season, where we went ahead early last season against Cardiff at home. I think Zhao scored within the first five minutes. And then we just couldn't see it out. And we ended up losing 2-1. 
This game was the opposite. You know, we we went 1-0 down early. Heads didn't drop. We found the way back in the game. And in the second half, we were bossing it. So um, I think for me, like you say, that was just sort of confirmatory after our first defeat of the season that I kind of thought, okay, maybe we're going to be okay. Because um, that was the first time in 22-23 that we kind of really saw what Ince was trying to do. And, you know, it was first points on the board after our second game and happy days. What, what, what I would say as well, actually, because you mentioned Tom Ince, he, you actually saw what Tom Ince was about in, at Blackpool as well, because he, I remember um, Alex saying to me as well, after about 30 minutes, Tom Ince is going to win player of the season this year, just by the amount that he was running, you know, and it, he he's just laid out the stool really for for the rest of the team. He, he's not a captain, but he's almost an on-field captain by, by, by virtue of just leading by example. And yes, you, like you say, I will we'll probably touch on it a bit more, kind of how it's developed through the season so far. But I mean, he just leads by example and it's just brilliant to watch, really. Probably unexpected as well. Then the start of the real yo-yo starts for the season. We go to Rotherham United and get absolutely battered 4-0 at halftime. Joe Lumley has... Without a doubt, I think, one of the worst halves I've ever seen from a red and gold. Since that, he's completely come back. There hasn't really been an issue. But James, what were you thinking during that first half? Because it, it was shambolic by Joe. Yeah. And he wasn't the only the only issue. <laughs> no. He was one, the main one. Rotherham was one of those games where you just sort of laughed because otherwise you were going to cry. I mean, it was one of those ones that you just sit there and you think, what what is... There's no explanation for what's going on. It was a comedy of errors. And that, looking back now, that's how I can now look at it. It's just, you know, it's one of those games where everybody seemed to have a bad game at the same time. And you can look at it in sort of on its own and just explain it away as that. But at the time, you're sat there thinking, you know, what what could this be? You know, we had one positive result and could this be the beginning of the end, you know, where it starts to go downhill? The classic football sort of fan of thinking, oh God, here we go. The wheels are coming off after like before they even got on. But um, yeah, the 90 minutes itself was painful. Um, and that from from that point on, it was when the players needed to come out and prove themselves. And you know, thankfully they did after that, as as, as we saw. I remember even at half time, people were saying that Lumley should come off. He should be like he's going to wreck his confidence. I think substituting him would have absolutely destroyed his confidence. And I think the fact that Paul Ince he had no other option. Obviously, he completely stood by Joe Lumley, and since then. Like I said earlier, I don't think he's made... Has he made an error, James? Because I can't really remember one. Yeah, go on, Jacob. So. I'm, I'm almost James. I'm not quite James, but, you know. It's a <laughs> but, um, no, I'm sorry to jump in. I just wanted to say that, you know, aside from the way that Lumley recovered really well from that Rotherham game, and, you know, he upon him signing, all the Middlesbrough fans were saying, oh, you know, good luck. You know, and we thought, OK, maybe this is a sign of things to come with him. It's been the opposite. I mean, not only has he recovered really well and been, you know, chief shithouse general at the back, you know, wasting time and, you know, seeing out games and being really vocal and all that. But I'd even go as far as saying he's probably one of my top three favourite players in this current squad, which is something I just was not expecting at all. Just think he's got a lot about him. He's a real character, real, you know, like I was saying, a vocal presence, seems popular and and... That decision that Paul Ince made to shake it up and, you know, demote Southwood from the number one goalkeeping spot when a lot of people, me included, thought Southwood was like perfectly fine and a serviceable keeper. Like that decision's paid dividends because I don't think we'd be doing as well as we are at the moment 
without Lumley in that. And, you know, we should also mention Dean Bazarnas, who, you know, is deputised well enough when he's featured. But, you know, all of a sudden, like our goalkeeping department looks sorted and, you know, all credit should go to Lumley. And, you know, that Rotherham game feels like a really long time ago now. Yeah, totally. It is the anomaly now, isn't it? I mean, we absolutely know what's going to happen now. He's going to next match. It's all going to go horribly wrong. But that's the beauty of it. But then we move on to the game against Blackburn Rovers when, James, I think this is the best I've seen us play for many, many years when we absolutely blitzed them from the first minute. The atmosphere was amazing, which just added to it. I don't know where that all came from, but everything Mm -hmm. just hit at the right moment. And how enjoyable was it to watch that game? And McIntyre struggled in that Rotherham game Mm -hmm. and he scored the first goal. Yeah, it must have been one almighty rocket that Paul Lynch shoved up there during the week in between, well, during the few days in between, because they came out, like I said, a different team. Um, you know, they started, it was that, that was a game of two up front, wasn't it? And they just pressed them right from the very start, just up them high, kept them tight. Obviously, it helped that they got the first goal, and then they just sort of were so high on confidence, they just stood there and thought, why the, you know, how the hell are these lot top? Let's just prove how good we really are. And yeah, I think it, at the time, it was the lowest midweek crowd we'd had for years and years but it sounded like it was full I mean it was one of the best atmospheres and one of the best performances we've had certainly midweek in a long long time and that was sort of it's what it's got one of those games where you look back and you think it could be a high point obviously you hope not because it's a long old way to go but that individual 90 minutes was an absolute joy to watch something that has been so important this season has been the atmospheric game and club 1871 have been brilliant throughout it's not just them but it's the whole stadium but i think they ignite it matt and you're obviously part of that that was a special night wasn't it there the blackburn match it was probably one of the best i think you know i think most people that that that, that were there just it, like 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 james said it just all clicked on all elements you know the performance was probably one of the, and when you've got a performance like that where you're constantly pressing you're constantly putting the opposition under pressure you're constantly winning it back in the midfield you're gonna get a good atmosphere but i mean yeah it's 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 like i think i think club 1871's had its doubters over 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 the years but kind of it's getting to the point now where it's selling out most games and and the rest of the stadium is feeding off it as well you know the, the 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 east stand is going the Eamon Dolan as well, when it when it's all connecting up, dare I say it as well, even the lower west, you know, when <laughs> you know, we all we, we all joke about it. But I mean, even in some 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 of the some of the other games where the performances haven't quite been there, it's 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 been a it's been a really good atmosphere. Um and I think people that have come who aren't affiliated to clubs and that, you know, have been really really complimentary about it and it's 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 nice to see i mean to be to be honest when you go around the grounds you, you realize not many grounds out there actually have good atmospheres weekend at the weekend was one of the worst you know until they actually went behind not trying to slate him off or anything but you know it's 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 just it's enjoyable now when you go to games you've got that atmosphere hopefully the players feed off it as well you know but um yeah ho- hopefully we might finally have a ground that is a bit more intimidating to come to teams aren't going to look at it and think that's an easy game coming here yeah totally and we should highlight junior hoyler as well jacob he scores a fantastic goal that game and doesn't really get that much attention but i think he's been really consistent this season well he's one of he's one of the players that i remember saying to james on one of the preview pods at the back end of last season when contracts were running out and we were saying you know who do we really need to maintain and um 
and Hoylet was one of the ones where we were like, well, he's, he's got to stick around because it was impressive enough last year. But on top of that, he was playing in more of a consistent role last season positionally, whereas this season he's played three roles relatively consistently all the way through. I mean, I remember Alex was saying how he was worried by playing Hoylet at wing back early days because he's not one of the most we didn't think he was one of the most proficient tacklers of the ball and obviously got sent off not long ago for, for one of the world's worst tackles I've ever seen. But um, he's been great. Like he's, I think very briefly he was in the who scored team of the season at fullback, which is astonishing. But then, you know, he's, he's also been played out wide. He's been put up top sometimes by Ince. And, you know, you're always going to get some kind of a steady performance out of him. And, you know, he's not the most prolific goal scorer in the world, but he's, you know, he's, he's an ins player in that. He's a trier. And again, like another one who just seems like a, a good egg and he didn't need a lot of convincing to stick around either, which I take as a good sign. And um, and then looking forward, Sepreno, to see him at, the, him at the World Cup as well, you know, with, with Canada. So, you know, there's a bit of interest there for Royals fans from November onwards. And, and yeah, so Junior Hoyler in conclusion, Paul, I think, yeah, unsung hero. I really like him. He's done well this season. Uh, the I maple think, leaves, that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think one of the biggest things about Hoyler, though, he's kind of made himself, I think, a bit indispensable to this team because you've got the situation again at Wigan, our last game that we played, and he's almost now forcing Yeardham, who's a natural fullback, into a centre-back role. Now, there might have been reasons behind that. We don't really know. But, I mean, Hutchinson was in midfield when usually he's been at, you know, in, in that back three and Hoylet has stayed out wide. You know, he's almost made himself indispensable kind of for this team. And, and you kind of wonder, has he actually extended like the, the length of his career by actually this move to fullback, which it could well have done because I think he's shown that not only can he be an effective player up the pitch and you might think, well, the best we see of him is when he's in attacking that that final third or doing the overlaps, etc., getting the balls in, running at defenders. Um, but in that wing wing back role, he can kind of naturally kind of do do both, and he's almost been asked to play sixty minutes, and then he might be brought off for, you know, for a for, for a ramen, and then the the back back three five gets reshuffled. So, yeah, no, he he's been excellent so far. After the Blackburn match, I was thinking, are we going to be able to back this up? Because this is what you've seen for Redden for the last four or five years. Is we have one very very impressive display. A complete display, which is actually quite rare for us. I don't think we have seen that for quite a long time. And then we go and play against Middlesbrough. We don't play as well, but we back it up, James, with a 1-0 win. And another player who's it just seems to be improving as the season progresses, Therese Fauna with the winner. Yeah, Fauna, for me, is one of the best players to watch. Just seeing this sort of young, raw 21-22 year old come into the team without any championship experience. And first couple of games... You know, I was a bit, bit bit critical, but, you know, you're, you're young. You're letting him sort of grow. And then he just, game on game on game, he's improving. He's, he's growing into such a, you know, indispensable player in our midfield at such a young age. And there we were thinking Laurent and Renamoto are never going to be replaced. And I've hardly thought about him since, since uh, you know, he started to pick up a few good results. And Fauna's, it's like he's been there his entire life. He just glides up the pitch, glides down the pitch, wins the tackles got a bit of skill in him. I mean, he's just a joy to watch when he's on it. And, you know, he's, he's allowed the odd quiet game because he's young and he's obviously going to be a bit inconsistent still. But when he is on his game, 
he's one of the one of the best players we've got. And yeah, Middlesbrough arguably was an even better performance than Blackburn. Is you have all the pressure of, of performing on the Wednesday, and to then go on the Saturday and get another three points, another clean sheet, but show that you can win in such a different way, and that you can dig in and you can win your battles and you can do the ugly side as well as absolutely blitzing a team. We showed in that one week that we're capable of playing both ways and we're capable of winning however it takes. Arguably, it's just as good a performance as, as the 3-0. On that note with Fauna, I mean, I was one of these idiots that had written him off early doors. Like after his, the first couple of performances, I thought to myself, yeah, he's a bit mild, on the, he's, a, he's a bit indecisive, he you know, hangs on to the ball too long and, you know, sort of pivots and doesn't quite like lay it off in time. But he's, like you say, it's confidence and that he's not going to play every week. I know he's been rested a couple of times because, you know, you can't play every week at the AG is in such a physical division as this. But, you know, to, to see him, how well he's partnered up with, with Mamadou Loom now in midfield, they've got a really good, like, thing going on because, you know, Loom's, you know, the bigger player, but what, what, um, Fauna does so well, which I was surprised at, is the way that when he finds the ball out wide and he, you know, runs up the the, the pitch with it. Like I wasn't expecting him to be as progressive a player as that, but you know, all credit again has to go to the recruitment team because it's a player that you know wouldn't have even like crossed most you know neutrals' minds when it comes to the sort of pool we were you know fishing in. But he's done really, really well. And I think another thing just to add to you know that Middlesbrough game is I remember because. From my perspective, when I'm doing the previews, it's really, really interesting to get a feel for how the opposition reckon they're going to do against us. And every single preview I've done this season, they reckon that like the opposition reckon they're going to they're going to have us. And it's very, very rare that I do a preview podcast this season and the other team like, oh yeah, I reckon Reading are going to do us. But um, you know, it, Blackburn and Middlesbrough were teams that we weren't expected to be. I know Middlesbrough have had a dodgy start by their standards and. You know, Blackburn hadn't lost the game until we played them. And yet, you know, it's suiting us the way that we're flying under the radar. And, you know, the best Reading teams from the past thrived on being the underdogs. But, you know, we're the underdogs and we're able to back it up with with results as well. And so it's perfect because when you have Tom Ince as well giving post-match interviews like he did at the weekend where he's, he's banging on about the mindset and the spirit in the camp and, you know, the resilience, you know, it's... After seeing us, you know, pick up back-to-back wins against Blackburn Middlesbrough, I thought, okay, hang on a minute, maybe we're not just gonna, you know, prop up the table this season. And you know, and then we went and got another win on on the bounce, didn't we, lads? Yeah, we went to uh, Millwall and we finally concluded the Navi saga. I think it'd be a deal. It'd actually been kind of like camping at Bearwood for about a month or so. We hadn't let him out. We just penned him in. We weren't allowed to go anywhere. It was ridiculous how long that went on with the EFL. And I understand it was because we had to get a player out, uh, George Puskas. But finally, of course, when you sign, it's taking that long. Who's going to score the winner? It will be Naby Saar and Millwall. And it's there when you start to see the low block, James, isn't it? And we just sit back. We take our chances. And as Paul Ince said at the weekend, if we were more ruthless, like we should have been against Wigan... We could have ended up winning that game or two or three nil, couldn't we? Just like that one. Yeah, Millwall was the, was the big one with the uh, Shane Long and, and Jeff Hendrick chances where you, you kill the game off. I mean, Millwall were knocking on the door without really threatening. I mean, I sat there and Middlesbrough was a big one where I thought, crap, we're going to concede. 
and then sort of on the scale, they sort of slowly gone down so far this season. Like Wigan, I wasn't actually too concerned about. I mean, yeah, they had that header, but that was about it. Millwall was somewhere in the middle where they were just throwing. They had that one that they had the goal, didn't they? they were disallowed, and then they hit the post from across, and you just thought, oh Christ, here we go. And their fans were getting up, and they were almost sucking that ball in the net. And then we were just doing the little Sam Hutchinson sit downs where he just kills kills the game and takes a sting out. And it's so good to finally have experienced players that are capable of doing that for so many years. Rather than sort of cooling the game down, we'd be right up trying to play out, and then you you play into their hands because you're trying to keep the game up you know we've we've got to be the ones that are slowing it down we've got to do the ugly and the we've got to be the shit houses that normally we get shat all over and now we're the ones that are doing the shitting and it's amazing to watch so much shit in the space of like 30 seconds there. <laughs> now now we are the ones that are doing the shitting fantastic i love it that is a quote for the ages. Though, would you know james it it is so nice to see that and from joe lumley i remember that i can't remember who was against the video in the last few minutes at home and uh, it will come to me in a minute who it was against. But I just thought, that's what you need, isn't it? You need that game management. They're talking to like ex-players and they say, we have lacked that for so many years. And it's ugly. It's horrible. But if it gets you five, six more wins throughout a season, it's massive. And Matt, let's move on to the next game against Sheffield United. For me, that is a 4 nil defeat, but they're just too good. Uh, you can't do much about that, really. Uh, when you get beaten by a team of that much quality, what can you say? you just got to say fair play, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, it was... Well, I mean, you come off the high of Millwall, you're top of the league. To be fair, did we all think we were going to be top of the league come the end of the season? Probably not. Actually, no, definitely not. You know, um, that that's, as Paul Ince has constantly said, really, that's not our fight. Um I think the frustrating thing was just seeing Sheffield Sheffield United are a good team, as you said. They're brilliant. They're probably gonna win this win 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 the title this season, you'd say, from early doors with the quality they've got. But it's just the the notion of getting trashed three, four nil, it just seems to happen a lot at Reading, you know, and if there's probably, I know we've still got another one to talk about coming up, another kind of um, humbling to talk about. If there's one or certainly one of the things from the early season, I think Reading need to look at and just try and address is this this ability to lose games spectacularly. And it's something they've got to actually just work out because if you're losing three, four, five games a season by more than three goals, very few teams do that. You look how many teams you actually beat by more than three goals. It's not that many. And I know we're not a free scoring team and it's not going to happen that much anyway. But, you know, very few teams will lose more than three or lose a game by more than three goals in the season. So you can't just have this constant ability of just playing oh, or, or just relying on the, oh, yeah, they're a good, good team card. You know, you've just got to have a bit more resilience in that, in that fact of, you know, yes, they're they're a good team, but you've got to be thinking about potentially your goal difference later on in the season. You know, because if that then comes back to bite you at the end of the season, I mean, hopefully it won't. You know, this season hopefully will be a bit of mid-table mediocrity. You know, with any luck and a prevailing wind. But um, but yeah, it, I do remember going away from Sheffield United feeling a bit deflated because I mean, a two-nil, a three-one, you probably could have looked at and thought. Yeah, it was, it, 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 you know, Sheffield are a good team and deserved that. To be fair, they probably did deserve deserve to win 4-0 because they were bloody good that night. And I remember watching it thinking they are an incredibly good side. But 
we just need to find a way to stop these heavy defeats from happening because otherwise I mean Jacob said it about morale you know after after certain games there's nothing more that that kills morale in a camp than being you know humbled three four or more goals to nil you know on the flip side there's nothing that builds it more than coming back from it so I don't know which where where you sit on that one it is a tricky that's one that's true I, I yeah. see what you're saying Matt is you can't keep on losing three or four nil because inevitably at some point it's going to catch up with you. You're going to lose yeah. a few games on the trot. And I think that will happen with us, Jacob. But we then move on until the next game, which is classic us this season. And we beat Stoke City 2-1. Um, Jacob, what kind of like Lucas Jow has received a fair amount of stick this season. Some of it is definitely justified. His hold up players not being good enough this season. But in that game, you see what he can do. Jao is such a, a, a unicorn of a player in that he's like, when he's bad, he's very, very bad. But he can single-handedly win you a game. And, you know, the, he's so unique in that regard. You know, it, it, in other ways too, like you mentioned his hold-up play. I've never seen such a big man fail to use his size so spectacularly because people like opposition fans look at him and his stature and automatically think okay he's a big target man you know and, and that's where his, his danger comes from he's, he's not he's he's the sort of player that you know is the, the a very Zhao goal is when he just sort of like shifts his way puts it onto his other foot and then dispatches it and and it's his footwork that I think often makes him look worse than he is in a game is, you know, when he gets his feet tangled up and there's a lot of him, you know, the way that he also lets his, like, shoulders drop in a game and whatnot, he makes him a really easy target. But then I don't think he gets the credit often enough, like how we, against Stoke, he just effortlessly, out of nothing, gets us two goals and wins us the game. And uh, we're talking about how satisfying it is to come back from, you know, a 4 nil pace then. But it's also very satisfying to be the result that means that the opposition manager has been sacked. There are no, there is no better feeling in football than being the team that gets a manager sacked. And I know Reading have had a bit of a penchant for it over the years, but ah, oh, it's just there was there was something about that Stoke game as well. Like I can't remember who it was that has been saying it on Twitter, but you look at the players that we lost this summer. We thought that the grass was greener. Like you know, no disrespect to the likes of Josh Laurent, Andy Rinehart. Uh, John Swift, you know, going on and, you know, they're well within their rights to say, nah, you know, I've, I've, I've been here for, you know, I've, I've given what I can to Reading. I'm off to, you know, either be on better terms or longer contracts or whatever. What I can't help but revel in is the fact that you look at where the likes of Stoke, Cardiff, West Brom are in the league now, you know, and we're, we're up there and they're down here. So it's, um, it was satisfying to get one over Stoke. It really was. Because um, Stoke are a team that, you know, have sadly recruited, invested and, and you know, would sort of looking at, it's a long way to go and they might well end up doing much better than it is in the long run. But really satisfying win that Stoke one, especially, I mean, after that um, Sheffield United game when I, they were just such a class above and they were so much better than us. And it's the first game where we've been like truly outplayed. Just brilliant to, to not let it get the better of us and to pick up another quick three points. Really satisfying. But 
Then we play Sunland. <laughs> and it, oh, <laughs> yeah. dear. Whoops. Me. Yeah, we had an absolutely fantastic, you know, 100% home record, which was never going to last. It was obviously going to go at some point. You never, no one goes through a whole season, wins every game at home. But, oh, dear me, that was classic, us, wasn't it? In so many ways. If you're going to lose that record, let's go fully in, Matt, because we were not in that match at all. That was another example. It was. It was like the Rotherham match, but in a different way because it was the whole team. They just yeah. didn't turn up at all. The only person they actually, ironically, come out of that with not any kind of negative balance was Joe Lumley. Yeah. Because I don't think he did anything wrong with any of the goals. No, and kind of we touched on how or the quality that Lucas Shaw brings, how much of a Marmite player he is. And then, you know, he comes up with probably you know, you hate to say it, but another pretty feeble performance. And like, I remember speaking to um, uh, Ant from the Roker Report, who we did the preview pod with that week after afterwards, because we had a discussion after the pod um, about many things. Obviously, Zhao came up and he, he messaged me after and he was just like, I, I see what you mean about Zhao. Just never, never want, never wanted it. I remember he, he actually said, like, I'd rather have no strikers than a striker with the heart of a P, you know, uh, and, and, and you start looking at this and you just think like, just, yeah, all these different things, you know, that 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 come with a striker like Lucas Schau. But I mean, I remember rewatching it as well, and there was about there was a moment on about ten minutes where the ball gets pumped up to him by by Joe Lumley, and he decides to then just not even challenge for the ball. And even the commentator was a bit baffled by why he's not even gone for it. And you just think, just just six foot four, maybe even six foot five. I wish I was that tall. I wish I was even half as tall as that. You know, just you use your height for God's sake. Ah, oh, yeah, just. Like, I mean, he's got all the physical attributes to be, you know, a fantastic player. But, I mean, someone needs to just get into his head and, you know, straighten it out. Because, again, yes, he wasn't the sole reason why we lost that game. But it's just so frustrating what, what, watching watching him. And, I mean, Tom Ince did his best, kept running, shouted his bollocks off at the rest of the team for not running and probably some in the team more than others. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. And it just it just goes back to that kind of, consistency this Reading team needs to find a bit of consistency and if it's like yes it might not be winning every single game it might not be winning a game drawing a game winning a game you know but just just find some level of consistency there and it's like I say again it's it's where that where we just need to see a bit more kind of resilience in the team to not just roll over on on games like like Sunderland I think because that game was on telly as well I mean, if you're a neutral who hasn't really been following Reading or the championship oh, you're laughing. season and you, and you saw that game and you saw that Reading were, you know, relatively high up in the playoff positions, you must be thinking, what on earth Why? is going on? Because yeah. we were cannon fodder in that game. And it was it was just like you say, one of the only times this season when it's been the whole team and just a lack of application from key players. And it was a game like Sunderland where I turned to Paul and I said, it's really, really, really good that we've got you know, competition for Zhao now because provided that if Long can stay fit and if Carroll can get up to speed, it's really important that the, the competition's there for him because if we're pinning all our hopes on him, like I love Zhao to bits and he's always value for like a game-winning goal and, you know, there are times when he's unplayable and then he'll have a game like he did against Sunderland and he was far from the only one. I thought that Jeff Hendrick, who I said was going to be my player of the season on the preseason preview, I thought <laughs> Hendrick had an absolute catastrophic game. But um, I don't know. It, again, it's what we were saying earlier about the way that Ince clearly, Ince senior this is, 
clearly has a way of putting, putting a rocket up the arse of the players and getting them to bounce back from a result like this. But I just wonder, like, how how many times can you bollock the team and they listen to you? Do you know what it's I mean? Exa- because- it's exactly that. And kind of just getting, because you start to almost lose credibility within your team if you're having to do that time and time and time again. It's like if you're if you're losing every game by two, three, four, four nil, but then you're winning, you know, one, maybe one, one nil, one nil, two, one, et cetera, by, by a goal. And I know a lot of those games we probably should have tucked away a bit more than we did. But like 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 you say, how much how many reactions can you get get for a get from a team? How many matches can you burn on that front, you know, to 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 move on? And that's it's that's probably the worrying the only worrying thing so yeah. far in this in this start. I mean, all credit to Sunderland as well. Their third goal in particular was Barcelona-esque. It was a, it was, you know, they they played. They were a class above. Yeah, they were a class above that night. I thought all their goals were excellent. Patrick Roberts was brilliant. Hamilton, they're just way too good for us from the first second, weren't they? And we just weren't on it. And as Paul Ince said after the match, what he's looking for is not results every single week. Obviously, he loves them to win every game but it's actually performance. And if you have a consistent performance, you'll get the results regardless. So you need the performance more than anything else. And that kind of backs up what we've been saying. There's a inconsistency. Is that because of the squad issues that we've had? We've had to play players too much, essentially. A lot of the players that we've got in the squad now played in every single match. If fit, I mean, that's quite a lot to expect now, isn't it? Where this game is going to get even worse in October because we've got so many fixtures. But we got one more game to talk about, and it's a win. It's against Wigan Athletic. Not a classic in any way or form there, Jacob. But who cares? We win 1-0, and Tom Mint kind of seals everything for his absolutely fantastic form this season with a brilliant free kick. I'm taking full credit for this one because I oh, said why not? If it, why not? I know I, I am. Like they, they got me to the pre-match team talk. No, no, no not really. But like it, I, I said before the game, if, if we were to go away to Wigan, break the curse of the North that we've had this season. Where I mean, at one point we were like eight nil down on aggregate from our travels up into the deep dark North. So, but I knew it was going to be Ince. If it was going to be anyone, it had to be Ince. And I know it's easy when you you. Dad's the manager, but you know, I, I would hate for my dad to manage me in any sporting setting. I don't know about you, lads, but uh, <laughs> he he was just you know a moment of quality. That's all you need. And um, when you see the free kick so close to the goal, sometimes it's almost an impediment because you know there's there's such a thing as it being a little too close. But to have the quality to to bend it round the wall and to sneak it in, I know the keeper was maybe positioned a bit. Ropely, but I was saying to um, Barry from the Wigan pod on the preview, you know, our away records, Millwall aside, has been so bad and Wigan's home record has been so unimpressive. It was always going to be one of those games where there was only a goal in it and so proved the case. But the thing that did it for us in the end, like Matt was saying, was our doggedness and the fact that, you know, yes, we could have put it to bed earlier, but we've got a newfound knack of getting our nose in front and then staying in front which is something that should serve us in, in good stead because we haven't always done that. We've we've seen Reading teams in the past, under Poundovich in particular, where we couldn't hold the lead to save our lives. And all of a sudden, you know, we it was a 1-0 game and, and with, there's going to be plenty of times like that this season. And again, 
bouncing back from a terrible loss against Sunderland and it's, it's unsustainable and I, I know it's unsustainable and there are naysayers out there on other podcasts saying Reading start is unsustainable and I know that we there was a time when we started first under Poundovich and had ourselves way up the table thinking oh god how long is this going to last and then we fizzled out but for the time being I'm enjoying the ride I really am it's really refreshing to have a Reading team that can produce results and for us to be third after 10 games is an absolute dream because let alone, we, we, we're not talking about promotion. We're just talking about getting points on the board to comfortably stay up. And we've made a hell of a dent into the points tally that we need to get this season. And yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, that's exactly what Tom Lynch was saying after the match on the uh, interview on the club site was that the ambition is to get to 45 points. That is their first target. And then they go from there, obviously. The sooner they get there, the better. But Matt, there's been the news today that Cardiff City are reportedly interested in appointing Paul Ince as their next manager. Now, I cannot see this nope. happening for multiple reasons. Nope. A, why would you want to go to Cardiff? Obviously, if they're offering more money, you could see that. But the biggest blocker is there in this situation is our owner. I just cannot see him agreeing to that happening. You never know in football. It could come back and bite me and he could be singing like songs about, you know, Vincent Tan and uh, all these Cardiff legends like Peter Whitman, who was a legend, uh, an amazing player in the championship. But Matt, do you think that's going to happen quickly? Yes or no? Because I don't think let's, we need to debate it for I was going to say, let's just close the book on that. Cardiff City, fuck the hell off. You're not even going to get close to getting him. I mean, I'm sure someone's going to clip this when when he does so on the dotted line and I look like a bit of a wally. But no, 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 no. He's not going anywhere. He's not even going to contemplate it. He's loving it living with his son over in Ascot or wherever he's probably decided to live. You know, just, yeah, no, go away. You're not wanted in this conversation. Jacob, you understand the Cardiff world. You you, you lived there for a while, definitely. Please just tell me he's not going. Who would have thought that we'd be at the situation where we don't want Paul Ince to go? I know. Well, it's amazing, isn't it, how it's transformed? It's a, a, a year is a long time in football. I mean, I think um, it's it shouldn't go without saying. I think an underrated reason Paul Ince would have for, for moving is that you know, he, he, let's be honest, he just wants to be my neighbour. And he's so heartbroken, uh, not only about the loss of Andy Rinomata, but also, you know, we're talking about Cardiff legends. Who could forget Leandro Bakuna? You know, he, he really missed the boat. He, he wishes he managed Leandro Bacuna at Reading, but it was too late. And now he wishes he could have managed Leandro Bacuna at Cardiff and it's too late. And he's just going to, you know, always just slightly miss the boat. But no, seriously, though, like you say, Paul, for us to all of a sudden be talking about, gosh, we can't possibly lose Paul Lins, just is, is the best testament to the job he's already done. Because everyone, myself included, were talking about him in in terms of reference of him being a stopgap solution, and he might well still be that. But he's a hell of a stopgap solution, you know. And you know, six wins from his first ten games on a shoestring budget, you know, where credit has to be given to the recruitment team. But for him to have been able to jointly identify players and then get them playing the way he wants to play, I didn't think we'd have a we'd be able to see a Paul Lynch style of football. But I think we're starting to see that. And for Cardiff to, you know, supposedly, apparently sit up and pay attention to what we're doing here, 
is credit to him. But I mean, like you say, Matt, he's, he's, he's pretty cushy down here in, in southern climes. And it, it's amusing to think that him and Tom are actually living together, like Tom on the sofa and Paul in the master bedroom. But um, yeah, I, I can't I can't see him going anywhere. And, and if he does, then again, you know, best of luck to him. But, you know, I, I think there's unfinished business for him here at Reading. I really do. Do you think Tom sees the rumour on Twitter? And he's like, Dad, Dad, are we off? Are we off? Is this, is this how this is working? I don't think he's actually on like Twitter, it. is he? I, sure I, I like the Oracle. I like going into <laughs> these places. Don't make me leave, Dad. I want to stay here. No, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. But you never know in football. I'm going to put that caveat in just to cover myself because you just don't know. If they offer ridiculous wages, these things work. But I, I think he's too involved with us now. And I think that he sees something that's got a long-term goal and project because we also know that next season will be out of the embargo. And there's one thing that I don't think has changed probably is the owner will spend a lot of money. I'll be amazed if that's changed in his personality. But off the pitch, he is really good to see the photos of him with the fans. I think that makes a big difference because he got that link back. But I'm going to wrap it up there because um, uh, we're going to start diverging into uh, topics that don't involve the 10-game run that we've had and picking up the 18 points. So if you have enjoyed the podcast, give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple and uh, subscribe. And thanks for listening. And we will be back with a preview podcast from either Matt, I think it is, or Jacob. I've got no idea. We're, we're going to we, find we, out one way or another. We, 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 we're both in the dark. Maybe we're going to be picking a name out the hat for this one. Yeah, I certainly <laughs> went into that and I was like, I don't really remember. But yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>